This morning, we're going to talk about the names of God. I believe this will really be a blessing to you because it's a teaching that to a large extent will really help you in your faith uh, as you walk with God to understand more about who God is, what God wants to do in your life. In the Bible, God is referred to by many names. In fact, when you read the opening chapters of the Bible, you'll find that God shows us his dealings with Adam and Eve. They didn't know who God was, so God begins to deal with them. In the Garden of Eden, we see how God related with Adam and Eve as he walked with them in the Garden of Eden. And so they got to know God intimately and got to know the power of God as they walked in the Garden of Eden. Then in Exodus chapter 3, verse 6, God starts now at that time to really introduce himself to his people, the people that he is leading. Because God knew very well they need to know who he is. So in Exodus chapter 3, verse 6, this is how it reads. Moreover, God said, I am the God of your father, the God of Abraham, the God of Isaac, and the God of Jacob. And it says, And Moses hid his face, for he was afraid to look upon God. Then verse 13, if you skip down to verse 13. And Moses said to God, Behold, when I come unto the children of Israel, and I will say to them that the God of your fathers has sent me unto you, they will say to me, What is his name? And what will I say to them? Verse 14, God says to Moses, I am that I am. And he says, thus you will say unto the children of Israel, I am has sent me to you. Verse 15, and God said moreover unto Moses, thus you will say unto the children of Israel, the Lord God of your fathers, the God of Abraham, the God of Isaac, the God of Jacob has sent me unto you. This is my name forever and this is my memorial unto all generations. So God introduces himself by his name and he goes through that to explain to Moses, tell them that I am has sent me. Now, the question that we want to pose is what does the Bible say about a name. What is a name? Well, when we read the Bible, we find what I want to call the theology of names. You know, it's very interesting because a lot of what happens in the Bible is very similar to what happens in our culture as Africans. Names were very, very important in the Old Testament because names in the Old Testament carried a certain meaning, just like it is today. They carried meaning and they became a very important part of a person's lives. In fact, in those days, people believed that they must first know your name before they couldn't even know you as a person. So if they knew your name, then they knew uh, who you were. The, the, the practice those days, when it came to the giving of names, the naming of a child was done by either one or both 
parents. You can see that in Luke chapter 1, 57 to 64, where we see that the mothers sometimes, usually they would in fact give the names to the infants. Now, the giving of a name to a child was the prerogative of the superior. If you look in the book of Genesis, you'll find that Adam, as the one who had been placed by God to take care of the garden, to look after the animals, had the prerogative to name the animals. So in Genesis chapter 1 from verse 18, he gives names to the animals. So the giving of a name was the prerogative of the one who's superior, the one who exercises dominion. Even in these days where there were slaves, you'd find that if a pharaoh was able to take people captive, the pharaoh would even go to an extent of renaming somebody. You'll find that in 2 Kings 23 verse 34, where the Judean, the Judean king, after he had conquered people, literally gave names to the people. So this was a practice. So when a superior exercised their authority of the giving of name, it signified that as a person you are being appointed because your name showed you are appointed to a specific position, you are appointed to a specific function, and you are appointed to a specific relationship. So names had to do with history, what's happening. If you listen to somebody's name, you could more or less understand what has happened. Very similar in our culture as Africans. You know, when you, you, when you find a lady called Zanele, then you know that, you know, it's enough now. And, uh, and, and all kinds of names, if things happened, they spoke about history and names were given like that. You will note when you read in the book of Genesis 35, Rachel, <coughs> excuse me, who had been expectant with her child. The Bible tells us that when she gave birth to this child, he gave birth to this child in sorrow. And she was actually in a lot of pain and she was about to pass. And she actually did pass. But when she gave the name to the child, she called the son Benoni, which means son of sorrow. But later on, the father changed the name to Benjamin, which means the son of my right hand. So names were important. So often names, when they were given, you could find that there would be a deeper significance or a more personal significance. Because when names were given, sometimes they spoke of the change of character or a new character. You do know in Genesis 32 where you read, we have this guy by the name of Jacob, whose name actually designated him being a cheat, a thief, a heel grabber, because when he was born, you know, we are told that when he was born, he, he actually was holding on to his brother's heel at birth. So they called him heel grabber. And when you look at his life, you find that his character and the way he lived matched his name fully. That's why I tell you, we must be very careful of the names that we give to our children. But thank God later on, he had an encounter with God where God changed his name from Jacob to Israel. 
And the name Israel means one who has been conquered by God and is now a prince with God. We also find the name of Abram being changed to Abraham. And in Genesis chapter 17, verse 5, we find that Abram's name is changed to Abraham, which speaks of capacity. It means there's something more that's going to happen. So that's just a little bit of history about the names. Names speak of character. They speak of what's going to happen. Names tell us uh, they are prophetic. They give history and all of that. So when it came to God, the name of God, therefore, became very, very, very important because God in who we know him to be, and when he introduced himself to his people, he was very intentional in telling them who he was. He says to Moses, Moses, I am who I am. I am who I am. And we'll explain that in, in a short while. When you read the Old Testament, you find two major things about the names of God. There are names that we can call redemptive names. In other words, these names, when they were given, they speak of God as a redeemer. So they designate God as the one who brings redemption. The word redeem means to buy back or to buy out of or to rescue. So we find names that speaks of God as the redeemer. Secondly, we find names in the Bible that talks about God as a creator, or you want to call them the creatorship names. They actually designate to us who God is. So with regards to the names of God, it's very important that we know that. These creatorship names, if I was to call them, they designate God's relationship with his creation or God's relationship with his creatures. And very often those names would start with the prefix E-L, L. So in the Hebrew language, they would start with L. So it's like El Shaddai, El whatever. And when you find the name starting with an E-L, it signifies that God is a creator and his relationship. And the name El, E-L, literally talks about God being the strong one, the mighty God, the powerful God. So you talk about El Shaddai. So he's God who is the strong one, the mighty one, the powerful one who supplies our needs. So God would introduce himself with all these names so that the people should know who he is. Now, the redemptive names of God, on the other hand, they revealed God, uh, God's personality. God being a personal God and who has a very distinct name. And the name used for the redemptive names, they would use the name Yahweh, which, by the way, was spelled in such a way that they only used consonants. It didn't have, a, a, it didn't have A's or, 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 you know, E's or I. They only used consonants. And the reason for that is that in the use of this name, and it only having consonants, they wanted this name to be an unpronounceable name so that it's a name that's unpronounceable, incommunicable, to show how they respect and honor God. So the name would be written Y-H-W-H or J-H-V-H, and that's the name we called Yahweh. 
And that name, Yahweh, it appears in the Bible almost 6,823 times. In the authorized version, it is actually the name Jehovah. So you find that name, Yahweh, coming across. This is where God is trying to show us his relationship with his creation. So when it comes to the name of God, both the creatorship names, as I call them, or the redemptive names, as we have said, this name reveal to us who God is. So it is in God introducing himself by his name that we get to know who he is. In the same way, as I said, names of old, they would designate character. So when you heard the name Jacob, you knew, then when you heard the name Abraham, you know, oh, he's a father of many nations. So names, therefore, reveal the character of God. These names act as a roadmap for us learning about his character and his true nature. One of the main things that is lacking so much in, you know, when we read the Bible, when we relate with God, is very often people know so much about the, 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 the power of God and know very little about the nature of God, the character of God. See, when you start understanding God's nature and God's character, to a large extent, it will help you understand how God wants to be involved in your life. So all these names that we find in the Bible speak to us about the character of God. So they act as a roadmap for us to learn about his character and his true nature. Each of these many names of God, they describe to us a different aspect of God because God is many faceted in his character. That's a very important thing because if you can understand the fact that God is many faceted, there are many sides to God, then it will help you understand how God wants to be involved in your life. Now let's go back. When God started with Moses, he started introducing himself. And as you go through the Old Testament, you'll find gradually, bit by bit, God would unravel or the, he would reveal another part of his name. And when these names came, they came when there was something that happened. There's an event that happened and God introduced himself or the people he was dealing with, they called God that. Now, I want us to go to a very interesting passage in Exodus chapter 33. I'm going to ask you if you have your Bible. Let's go there together because I want to read something for you that I believe will be a great blessing to you. In Exodus chapter 33, Moses has been leading God's people for a while. He's gone through the ups and downs of life like we all go through the ups and downs in life. He has come to that point where certain things are not working out in his life. He's having so many challenges. And then in chapter 33, Moses has this huge request that he is making to God. All right, let's read from verse 12. Then Moses said to the Lord, See, you said to me, bring up these people, but you have not let me know whom you will send with me. Yet you have said, I know you by name, and you have also found grace in my sight. Now note verse 13. Now therefore, 
I pray you, if I have found grace in your sight, show me now your way that I may know you. Now, I want to know you. I want to know your name, God, that I may know you and that I may find grace in your sight and consider this nation is your people. So Moses is saying, I hear what you're saying, God. I hear that you say that you are with me, but I'm going to ask you to show me the way and reveal yourself to me. I want to know your name. I really want to know who you are. I really want to get a revelation of who you are. I just don't want to just have a relationship with you. I want you, God, to reveal yourself to me. This is important because, you see, as we walk through life, as we go through life's experiences, this God that we talk about is so involved with our lives. He is so much in our lives. And as God is involved in our lives, we all would love to see God come through for us. I mean, in these times of COVID-19, in these times of people losing jobs, in these times of companies closing down, in these times of despair, these times of challenge, I want you to know God wants to reveal himself to you. God wants to show you a side of himself that is so powerful and so strong. And Moses says, God, you know, you walked with me. You've carried me, God, but I want you, you to show me who you are and I want you to show me your way. I want to know you, he says, that I may find grace in your sight and consider that your people are, these are your people. And then God says to Moses, Moses, let me tell you what I'll do. He says, my presence will go with you and I will give you rest. My presence will go with you and I will give you rest. You know, when you read it in the Bible and you read those words, you may not be able to know fully what it's talking about because it seems so unclear. It really doesn't look like God has answered Moses. Moses has said to God, God, you know, you say you are with me. You have assigned me to lead these people. And I really want to know you. I want to know your name. I want to know who you are. I want to know if I found grace in your sight. I want to know if you're going to carry me. God says, Moses, don't worry. My presence will go with you. Now, when you read that expression in the Hebrew, I will spell it for you because I'm not a Hebrew scholar and I cannot read Hebrew. But there are two words that God used when he said, my presence will go with you. It's the word P-A-N-A-I, that's one word, P-A-N-A-I, and another word Y-E-L-E-C-H-U. I know that's kind of hard to write that down. Y-E-L-E-C-H-U. It's almost like Panai Yelechu. That's what God says to Moses. Moses says, show me your way. Demonstrate that you are with me. Show me a way in which I can be sure that in all this trouble, you are with me. That could be your request this morning to God. God, show me your way. God, show me your face. And God says, 
Panai Yeleshu. What that means, literally, God is saying to Moses, Moses, I will give you manifestations of my grace. That name, Panai Yeleshu, what it actually means is, I will show you my faces, or my faces will appear to you. And what God is actually saying is this, I'm going to give you manifestations of my grace and my goodness through the whole of your journey. God says, as you journey, as you walk in life, you will get to know my different names and you will get to see a different side of me. Panai Yelechu. Moses, even in this time of uncertainty, even in this time of difficulty, you will begin to see and experience me in a different side of me. Because remember this, we will never know another side of God if we don't go through a situation that warrants that God should reveal himself in that way. We may know God as a savior because we need salvation. But what happens when there's a day where we need food? We've got to see God come through in our lives as a provider. And God says to Moses, I will make sure that my faces go with you. And I love the way he puts it. It's in plural. My faces shall go. My faces shall go with you. God is saying to Moses, I will make sure, Moses, I vary my appearances to you as necessity shall require. See, the way to know God more fully is to walk with God every day in your life. I don't know about you, but I have been through so many situations in my life where I started to experience a side of God that I didn't know at all. I remember this was way back in the 70s and 80s. I had gone through a year which was a very, very difficult year. I can tell you in that year, I really hadn't done well in terms of my spiritual work. I had compromised things. I was not praying as I should. I was not reading the Bible as I should. And I was really, really discouraged. I remember it was one of those years. At the end of the year, I remember I was still, you know, single and staying at home. I actually went to the gate of the home I stayed with, of my home, and stood right there at the gate. And, you know, this was on midnight that particular year. I don't know, it was 83, 84. I don't remember what year it was. But, you know, at midnight on the 31st of, of December, and I remember literally standing there and shouting and thanking God that that year was coming to an end. Because, you know, it had been a very difficult year. It had been a year of disappointment. I disappointed myself. I disappointed God. I didn't hit my targets. And things were not well. I was very discouraged in my spirit. I felt low in my heart. I just didn't know what to do because it was just one of those years that was not a good year. But you know, what was very interesting is that in spite of me feeling so down, I could sense the Spirit of God helping me and lifting me up. I pray that God will show that side of himself to you. I pray that that's the face of God that you will see. That's the name of God 
that you will see. A God who is able to lift you up even when you have disappointed yourself, even when you have disappointed other people in your life. This God is able to lift you up. This God is able to catch you from falling. This God is able to tell you it will all be okay. This God is able to wipe away all the things that have happened in our lives. So he says to Moses, Moses, my faces will show. My faces will come with you. I will reveal my faces with you. I will vary my appearances to you as necessity shall require. So on our journey, we get to know God. We get to know his names. We get to get a revelation of his character. On our journey, we get to know him. Now, let me show you this. The name Elohim, as we said, is first found in the Bible. And as we said, it's used almost 2,300 times. Now watch. That name Elohim means strength, power, and it speaks of the character of God. It's a very important name. So God comes through to us as a God of strength, a God of power, who's able to lift us up. Be aware that God is able to bring healing in your life. God is able to supply what you need in your life. God is able to be El Shaddai in your life, the God who supplies your need. He's a God who's able to show himself very strong on your behalf. He's God who is Yahweh, who is the source of everything. You know, it's kind of amazing when God introduces himself as Yahweh. In Exodus 3.14, uh, Moses says, you know, who shall I say send me? And God uses that name Yahweh. I am who I am. In other words, I am the source of everything. I am the one who has no beginning, who has no end. I am the one who is the end of everything. So God wants to introduce himself as Yahweh to you today. He wants you to know that he is the God who is a strong God. He's the God who is the beginning and the end of your life. He's the God who's able to carry you. You know, where we are right now, we know around the world, the world has been thrown into a tailspin. The world has been thrown into uncertainty, into challenge. I mean, I've been talking to a number of people in business and people who are leaders at different levels. There's nowhere in the world where there is certainty right now. You know, now even in nations where they thought the COVID-19 was gone, now they're experiencing, you know, secondary infections. And it's almost like what is happening now. But let me tell you something. Even in spite of that, God still knows everything about your life and my life. And that's what he says to Moses. He says, Moses, it's the I am who's dealing with you. You need to know that name. I am Yahweh who comes into your life. That name Yahweh, number one, speaks of God who is the self-existent one. See, God is. God doesn't need anybody to be God. God doesn't need your praise. God doesn't need my praise. God doesn't need anything from us. God is. God is the self-existent one. He was not created. God doesn't have a beginning, 
doesn't have an end. God is the self-existent one. And when God is there, then existence is there. Then life is there. That's the God who wants to come into your life. That's the God who wants to be involved in your life. The God who is the self-existent one. That name Yahweh, secondly, speaks of the self-sufficient one. God is sufficient in all that he is. God doesn't need us to help him. We don't need to help God run the world. We don't need to help God change things in the world. God is the self-sufficient one. By himself, he fills all things. By himself, he is all things. He is the self-sufficient one. And this is why when he comes into your life, he gives a sufficiency. So many of us, we walk in life with a sense of being discontented. It looks like there's a sense where we have lost things and we are running short of things. But let me tell you, when God comes into your life, he brings that sense of sufficiency because he is the all-sufficient one. He is the God who gives you all that you need. That name, Yahweh, means the source of all life. God is the source. The Bible says it is in him that we live and we move, and we have our being. See, your life is safe in the hands of God, and God wants you to see that side of him as you walk through life, as you journey through life, as you go through life. God wants to introduce himself to you. Maybe you are sitting in, 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 in a lot of problems, in depression, in challenge. Maybe you've, you've lost all hope. I just asked you this morning, get to know him as the God who is able to lift you up as the source of all life. He's the source in your life. He's the source that's able to move things. So God says to Moses, I am that I am. It's quite interesting. He doesn't say I was who I was. He says, I am that I am. What does it signify? It signifies to be. What it means is I will be all that I will be. God says to Moses, which side of my face do you want to see? Which side of my character do you want to know? Which side of my name do you want to come in contact with? I am that I am. Whatever it is that I need to be in your life, that's what I will be. If I need to bring salvation in your life and save you, I will save you. God is a God who's able to save broken lives. God is a God who's able to rescue any life that has gone out of hand. God is a God who is able to reach out to the lives of people. I was so encouraged last week when I preached the sermon I was doing about the man that I want to be. You know, I was so encouraged to know that after the sermon, after the service, there are men who came forth and said, you know what, I need help. I've not been doing things in the right way. But you see, this God is that God who's able to bring about that change, to bring about that transformation. He's a God who's able to change you and transform you. In other words, God says, I am that I am. I will be all that I will be. Whatever it is I need to be in your life, that's what I will be. In other words, he is the eternal God. He is the unchanging God. 
He is the one in whose hands our lives are. He's a God in whom we can depend. He is the God in whom we can trust. And that's why when he speaks to us as Yahweh, when he speaks to us as the great I am, we take comfort in knowing that our lives are safe in his hands. Wherever you are, even if you may have lost a job, I want you to know your life is safe in the hands of God. Even if you don't know what you're going to do tomorrow, I want you to know your life is safe in the hands of God. Even if you don't have answers for what you're going to do, I want you to know your life <coughs> is safe in the hands of God. He's the God who says to us in Isaiah chapter 41 verse 10, he says, fear thou not for I am with you. See, when God is with you, this self-existent God, this all-sufficient God, this God of many faces, this God who walks with us wherever we go, what is it that we should be afraid of? He said, fear not, for I am with you. You may not feel him. You may not see him. You may not be able to touch him, but God is with you. God is with you right where you are. Even you who is hiding, even you whom nobody knows anything about you, even you who cries yourself to sleep, even you who is carrying this heavy load and this heavy burden and you need somebody to unburden you, there's a God in heaven who says to you, fear not, I am with you. Note what he said. He says, be not dismayed. Don't be dismayed. Don't be dismayed. Don't get to a point where you throw in the towel and you feel like everything is vanity of vanities. God says, do not be dismayed. Note what he says. He says, for I am your God. Hallelujah. He is your God. He says, I am your God. I will uphold you with the right hand of my righteousness. God promises you that he is not a distant God. He's not a God who's far away. He's a God who's close, a God who is near, a God who reaches out to show you another side of his face. Let me read that to you in the contemporary English version. It reads this way. Don't be afraid. I am with you. You know, when God is with you, you don't need to be afraid. I remember as a child, I used to have people who would, you know, who would bully me around. And there was this guy who always bullied me. You know, when I came back from school, I used to go through one of the houses as a shortcut, you know. We call it double up, you know. I used to use this double up. And this guy would always intercept me at this double up. And he would beat me up or he would take my money from me. He was, he was very abusive, this guy. And, you know, I don't know why. It just never occurred to me as a child. I mean, I was in primary school. I mean, I was about maybe seven years old, eight years old. It never occurred to me as a child to try and use a different route, you know. I would just still use the same route as before. And one day I told my father about what was happening. And my father found a way to waylay this guy. So one day as I met this guy... And I'm, I was with him face to face as he was trying to do all his tricks and he was trying to bully me. 
all of a sudden behind him, I saw my father coming. And uh, my father came and stood right next to me. And because my father was standing next to me, all my fear disappeared. Your fear can disappear today as you come before God who wants to show you his face, introduce his name to you. I want to pray with you right now, right where you are. You've been listening to this word and you really want to say, you know what? I want God, I want Jesus to come into my life, to be the savior and the Lord of my life. I want him to really change me and make me a child of God. Would you please pray with me? I really want to pray with you. Join me in this prayer as we pray. Heavenly Father, I thank you for this, your child today. I pray for them as I bring them before you, thanking you for your grace and your love and your mercy that you change them and make them to be your child in Jesus' name. Amen. Let me also pray with you for the needs that you have in your life. And I want us just to take a bit of time to also pray for our nation. Father, we thank you for the needs that these your children have. I pray for healing. I pray for soundness. I pray for comfort. Those who are afraid, I pray that you will quell their fears, fill them with your life. We pray for our nation. Carry us through this challenging and this difficult time, Father. We thank you that you haven't forsaken us. You are with us. You'll never leave us. You'll never forsake us. In Jesus' name, amen.